Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, brought to you by NAPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. I am your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. As always, I'm joined by notable NABPACer Abigail Cave. Greetings, NABPAC. And Adam Belmar from EFB Advocacy. Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business PACs. As always, in every episode, we recap the association's latest activities, provide actionable intelligence for the PAC community, and strive to keep all of us connected and effective during this work from home period. So I'm really excited about today's show, and I can't believe it's our fifth episode. Coming up, we have our featured guest, Tracy Wynn, PAC Manager and Public Affairs for Anthem. She's a real leader within NAPAC, but also within Anthem, and I can't wait for our conversation today. But Adam, before we go there, we have our first sponsor to mention, don't we? That's right, Michaela. Today's episode of the Facts About PACs podcast is brought to you by Access Marketing Services. Access provides full-service creative marketing solutions backed by the industry's best data, polling, and engagement strategy to ensure you reach the right people the right way with the right message. Thank you so much to Access Marketing Services for sponsoring this episode today. Access Marketing is actually a newer NABPAC member and have really been great partners with NABPAC over the last several months, and we can't thank them enough for all of their support of NABPAC. So Abigail, our big member event this week was the live webinar on Thursday, April 30th with the bipartisan co-chairs of the Problem Solvers Caucus. I was so inspired and actually left that webinar feeling so hopeful about the future as we work our way through this crisis. A lot of the focus that they talked about was really for us as a country to come together, learning from this natural disaster as Congressman Reed described it. Curious what stood out to you on the webinar today. Yeah, Michaela, it was refreshing to hear from these two members of Congress. I feel like in the news, we get so much of the snippy back and forth from members of Congress just trying to get a sound bite in. It's just very disheartening to hear. So hearing from the two of them who've dedicated their service in Congress to working together and finding solutions in a bipartisan way was amazing. One of the things that Representative Gottheimer mentioned was just working hard to not be using this to advance your agenda. The message of resisting partisanship and standing up for what is right and to lead by example really is what the country and the communities are looking for right now. And, you know, as they both said, they're both on the front lines in New York and New Jersey. They've had a lot of tragic situations in their communities. And so really putting all that partisanship aside and working together for solutions was just really spoke to me. The other piece was their support for the business community and recognizing how much the business community has stepped up and helped not only in their communities, but across the country. And then really even turning it back to urging us as PAC managers to be proud of what we do within our organizations and within our companies. Michaela, you're so right. These guys brought a hopeful message, certainly a bipartisan message, and they walk the walk in the Problem Solvers Caucus. One of the things that I appreciated was there was really important NABPAC issue discussion going on in this webinar. One of the things that stood out to me was a question that was asked about one of the primary issues. How is it that you can recognize that transparency is a very important thing in politics and somehow have a problem with employee-funded PACs? And guess what? Neither one of these guys or the Problem Solvers Caucus do. Yeah, I was so pleased to hear their support and understanding, I think, of who we are as a community. 
we know from the last several months that there just clearly are elected officials that don't quite know how our business packs operate. And actually, Congressman Gottheimer addressed that on the call and said, you know, in speaking with some of his colleagues uh, who have taken the no pack pledge, many of them really regret taking that pledge. And then finally, I was really also pleased to hear them talk about their proactive efforts on the 501c6s and hopefully getting uh, those associations included in the next round of PPP funding. Absolutely. Uh, if you were on this webinar trying to get and hear news, that was a great bit of insight that NABPAC members had some access to. That's a, a firm prediction, a belief from a bipartisan perspective that everybody who were left out is gonna get inclusion in CARES and other things. So NABPACers had a lot this week. We sure did. And I am just so pleased to have with us a very special guest, Tracy Wynn, who is the PAC Manager of Public Affairs for Anthem. She has been a longtime NABPAC supporter and has been involved in our leadership team for a number of years. She's actually our first vice president, which means she is our incoming president in 2021. But she also chairs our policy and governance committee, which leads our advocacy efforts as an organization. And so welcome, Tracy, to the Facts About PACs podcast. Thank you, Michaela. I'm excited to be here. Well, first and foremost, how are you doing during this time? And really, how is Anthem doing? So personally, I'm doing great, both from a personal health standpoint and a professional standpoint. Uh, Anthem is also doing well. Uh, we have 99% of our workforce now working from home. Being a healthcare company, uh, we immediately had to go into response mode with this pandemic. We have a large number of our associates on the front line connecting our members to care during this pandemic. And they, and even those not on the front line, have truly stepped up and done a fantastic job. As things start to pivot, we are looking to move forward with determining what our new normal as a company is and, and using what we have learned from this crisis to reimagine a new and improved way of delivering healthcare in the future. I think people are ready to move forward. It feels like we've been sort of hunkered down for the last several weeks. And I don't know about you, but for me, it just helps me know that there's kind of brighter days ahead. So glad that, to see that you all are doing the same. Since we're nearing these two months where the world changed due to COVID-19, you've been part of development of strategies for NAPAC and how to help our members through this time. And I'm just curious, what have you implemented specifically to keep your PAC members engaged? And then as a follow-up to that, what are you hearing back from your PAC members as you engage with them? So this is something that we are still kind of working through. Um, we have some communications in the pipeline for not only our PAC members, but really for all of our associates. Being a company that's had to transition the way we work, that's moving all of our associates to work from home, being on the front line, connecting our members to care and figuring out all the policy issues that impact not only us as a company, but our stakeholders that we work at, we really wanted to keep our internal communication pipelines very focused on absolute need to know information. That said, we, did, we have continued to keep our regular public affairs updates going out. Um, this is a leadership publication, but we do provide it as an opt-in publication for our PAC members. And they have done a fantastic job of keeping us up to date with what's going on at the federal and state levels legislatively on COVID-19 and anything else that's going on on those levels. So those have continued to, to, to happen. But I mentioned the pipeline of communications. Um, one of the things we did release in quarter one was our 
annual political giving report and we're going to be sending out a communication to all of our PAC eligibles, letting them know their reports available online. And in that communication, we do plan to kind of address the COVID-19 pandemic. We also have some get out to vote election related communications that we're planning to use that focuses on the fact that elections are going to continue to happen, that they have historically happened in, in times of disruption and they will this year as well. And the main purpose of that is to provide our associates resources on what each state is doing to provide a safe voting environment for them as a citizen. So uh, it's really more to be a, a source of reassurance for them. And, and while this will go directly to our PAC membership, we also plan to make that information available on our work met for all of our associates because it is important that they all know what's going on. I really like what you said about a, a source of reassurance. One thing that we're beginning to hear as more and more of our companies do communicate with their associates and employees or organizations, member companies, the feedback has been really overwhelmingly positive. We're hearing record attendance on some webinars that are being hosted internally by the government affairs teams and the PAC managers. Curious what you're hearing back from your PAC eligibles and your PAC members during this time? Do you feel like they're engaged even more given this crisis? Well, we have a lot of different work streams going on at Anthem that are dealing with the crisis. Our management's doing weekly updates with management within the company, and that is all trickling down to our associates. And our public affairs department is playing a huge role in that and keeping people up to date of what's happening from a COVID-19 perspective that affects them personally as associates and just normal people that have healthcare issues and dealing with the safety of them, as well as what we're doing for our members. So we've gotten a lot of positive feedback for that because again, it is about reassurance and knowing that we're doing everything we can to make a difference for them, putting their safety first, as well as, as the safety of our members. Switching gears just a little bit, today we were joined by two great congressional leaders that the co-chairs of the Problem Solvers Caucus, Congressman Gottheimer and Congressman Reed, and they had some really important points about the business community's engagement with our PACs and being politically engaged, and as I said earlier, moving forward towards the elections. And I know you were on that call. Was there anything in their remarks specifically as it relates to legislation that we're closely engaged on, like um, H.R. 5129, the Banned Corporate PACs Act, that caught your attention? First, I just want to agree with both you and Abigail and Adam that it was a fantastic call. Uh, I hope a lot of our membership got to be on that. And I actually learned more about the caucus itself. And it's just so refreshing, as Abigail said, to have committed members to working in a bipartisan fashion. What really stood out to me the most that we as businesses are a vital piece of the American economy. We create the jobs, we put food on tables and roofs over the heads of Americans and that we should be proud of that. And that was kind of a startling reminder of something that I sometimes forget about how many paychecks um, that they're putting out for people and foods on tables and things. So we should be telling our story and telling it proudly. Um, the second thing that stood out to me was a comment that Congressman Reed said that if you need a voice in DC, you want members who are informed and educated and those who are looking for long-term solutions rather than short fixes. And then I think Congressman Gottheimer followed that up with the fact that he never really understood the critique of businesses having GR shops. Because he says, your businesses are the experts on what you do. And he acknowledged that Congress needs this expertise to make decisions and it is up to them to gather this expertise from every angle before they make these decisions. And so I think that is something I think about a lot when you hear that and that 
that it is important to develop these relationships of people that understand what you do. And that takes time. And as you cultivate that and stuff, you want to make sure that the people that are in it for the long-term solutions continue to get reelected because uh, otherwise you're starting all over again. And then the third thing is the, the impact of this year's election. They know that they're likely going to see a drop in personal contributions due to economic hardship from personal donors, and the pressure to raise more money is going to be there because they are going to have to rely on more paid media rather than earned media that comes from being able to do the events like parades and rallies and, mm-hmm. and in-person events. So I think it was very insightful, and I hope we get to work with these, these members in the future. I agree. And as the chair of our policy and governance committee, you know firsthand that cultivating these relationships is so critically important to NAPAC and has been something has been a focus of ours, much more so probably than ever before at the onset of the anti-PAC sentiment in 2019. And as chair of that committee, we had the opportunity to sort of lay out our advocacy plans and goals at the beginning of this year, obviously before COVID-19. So I'm curious, just after everything we've talked about today, and what we know after two months of COVID-19, where do you see our advocacy efforts going now that we're two months into this crisis? So that's a really good question. I don't know that our advocacy priorities have really changed much, but what may have happened is the acceleration of having to address some of these, this timeline. I think NAPAC itself remains focused on protecting our business membership's rights to engage their associates in the political process through our employee-funded PACs. We know there's a lot of misinformation out there and that the general voting public as a whole, as well as many candidates often confuse employee funded PACs with super PACs, which are the ones that allow the unlimited contributions from almost any source, billionaires, millionaires, 501c4 advocacy groups, corporations. So most voters don't know that employee funded PACs are real individual citizen contributions that are limited in nature and have to be reported publicly. And that is why these candidates get such positive poll testing feedback on their anti-PAC pledge retort. And we are finding that either they don't really understand the pledge they took, which is what Congressman Gottheimer confirmed to us when we were talking, or they don't care because it polls well. So that's what is going to get them to the next level first. So there's two things that we're really watching over the coming months. One, quarter one numbers came in, and while they were they were good numbers overall, especially among our Democratic candidates, which are the primary group of people that have taken the anti-PAC pledge and rely primarily on small donor contributions, we're really going to be watching to see what the impact of COVID-19 will have on their fundraising. And we probably won't necessarily know that till the end of quarter two and possibly even quarter three, but there would be an opportunity to educate some of them, use this as a way to educate them on the fact that our PAC money is citizen-funded contributions. Um, We're starting to see more and more of the election experts predict a 50% chance of uh, Democrats taking back the Senate. They all almost agree that they will maintain the House, and they all agree that the impact of COVID-19 really hasn't moved the needle either one way or the other for President Trump uh, and his approval ratings. So those are the things that we're going to watch because we're going to have to make sure that whatever the strategy that we build out is going to address whatever political environment we we come come 1-1-2021. So in other words, NAPAC cannot take our foot off the gas in our advocacy efforts, and we need to remain 
engaged for the long haul, as we heard from our caucus co-chairs. And I think I can say for all of NAPAC, we are so appreciative of your leadership in this area for sure. Well, this concludes our time today, but thank you so much, Tracy, for being on our podcast, our fifth episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Thank you for having me. And to all of you listening, thank you for all of the positive feedback thus far. We love to hear your suggestions for future topics, guests, and shows. So please don't be shy. Let us hear from you. Serving you and your needs is what we're all about here at NAPAC, and we will continue to be here for you. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. As always, stay safe, stay engaged, and keep moving forward.